Today, we have a public health professional and freelance writer joining us on the show. And I should say that this episode is a little different. Uh, we're not starting with a PR pitch or a story that stemmed from one. Instead, actually, our guest doesn't even utilize them necessarily for her coverage. But she has worked with publicists along the lines of finding good sources for her stories. And this is how I found Sania, uh, through utilizing the journo request hashtag on Twitter. And uh, for those of you not familiar, it's journo, G-O-U-R-N-O, and then request. Um, so I was talking with Britt, who is here with us. Hi, Britt. Um, hey. We were talking earlier about this hashtag, and I know you've used it in the past. Um, I've monitored, but I've never actually utilized them. So I'm kind of excited to see how they work, how, what the best practices are for approaching a journalist who has put in a um, journal request. Um, so without further ado, our guest today is Tania Searles, MPH. She's a freelance health writer, editor, and public health professional. She holds a bachelor's and a master's degree in public health from the University of Alabama at Birmingham. She has bylines in AARP, Health, Healthline, Insider, Parents, Very Well Health, and so many other awesome publications. Welcome to the show, Tania. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. And then, of course, Britt, how are you doing? Good. Yeah, welcome, Tania. I'm really... Uh, well, this might sound weird, but when I learned that journalists don't work from or reference PR pitches, I'm always very curious to know how they how they work and you know what their process is. And I'm really excited for this because these these kind of conversations are even more fascinating to me, and I think help us even more as PR practitioners. So thank you so much for being here and sharing some of your insight and advice with us today. No, no problem. Yeah, so as I said earlier, we came across your profile through the journal request hashtag on Twitter. Um, so I kind of wanted to ask, do you often use that hashtag and have you been successful at finding good sources there? So yes, um, anytime I, I need a source for an article, I always go to Twitter, um, put out a tweet, use the hashtag um, journal request or PR request as well. And I would say with just um, using that hashtag, I get good sources about 50 to 60% of the time. Um, and okay. usually it's either direct DMs or emails from the PR um, people or it's from um, there's Twitter pages for um, like PR pages where they'll kind of just send it out for me, which is really helpful. So usually either or is how it works. Cool. Yeah. So I think I know what you're talking about. Those pages are kind of like. I forget. They're kind of like, they sound generic. Like it'll be called like journalist requests or something like that. And then they'll like retweet whatever is in that hashtag basically. Right. Right. And then some of them have their own websites where they connect with um, PR. So they'll um, DM, DM me and say, okay, what publication deadline, um, how can they contact you? And then from there, they'll send it out to their folks and they'll just, if anybody's interested, they'll just send me an email. Oh, cool. Do you have a name of like, like one of those companies or anything? Yeah, so off the top of my head, um, Press Plugs, they're probably my favorite. Um, they're very responsive. I always tag them. I, I forgot to mention that. So when I do those tweets, 
aside from the hashtags I mentioned, I also will tag um, certain pages. So oh. I'll tag like Press Plugs, Media Matchmaker. There's another page, PR and Journal Request, and then Editorial. I might be missing a few, but those are the ones off the top of my head. So I'll um, tag them, and then they'll DM me like, hey, Tanita, I saw your request. We'll send it out for you. If they have any questions about it, you know, we'll just I'll just respond to those in the, the DMs and move forward from there. So I really appreciate them. Oh, shoot. That's really cool. Have you heard of these tools, Britt? Press Plugs and Media Matchmaker? No, and maybe I've come across them on Twitter and just don't recognize the names. But it's fascinating to hear how it works on Twitter. Yeah, I'm so, looking here. That's oh, kind of cool. Like the press, sorry, not to interrupt, but the no. press plugs website is like, seems like if you're a pre- PR professional, you can kind of go in and even set up a profile. So kind of oh, cool that. Huh. Uh, I don't know if it's free. I, I don't think checking it's, this out. I don't know if it's free, but no, I don't think it's free because it says free trial, but it's still cool because maybe if it's like. It could just be, it could be interesting. I mentioned this, I think I might, if I say this, I'm afraid we might go off on a tangent here and not get to your next question, but, um, well, I'm I guess I'm curious to know, Tania, do you, uh, why do you use Twitter and have you used Haro or Quoted before? Those are the other ones that I know of off the top of my head. I've been using Twitter since July, so about a year or so. I pretty much just follow what other journalists were doing um, when they would put out tweets saying, hey, I'm looking for a physician, pediatrician, or something like that. So I was like, okay, now that I'm getting um, articles where I need sources, why don't I do the same thing? And then um, with that, I started to learn about Quoted, another journalist. Um, I had reached out to her because I was ha- having trouble finding an expert. And I was just like, how do you find your experts? And she was like, I use Quoted and it's free. So I was like, okay, let me check that out. And then um, from there, I found out about Help a Reporter Out, but there's limitations with Help a Reporter Out. So for example, there's one client I work with and they have a paywall. So for some reason, Harrow won't allow me to, you know, put out a source request because they have a paywall or you have to make an account to access the article. So quote, it can be a good backup in those scenarios. Wow, I did not realize that about Harrow. Did you, uh, Britt, about no. the paywall thing? No, I didn't. I wanted to mention another thing about Harrow that I found out. It was like another client where they're kind of like a new website, so they're kind of building up their authority, right? So if you're not yeah. at a certain ranking, um, Harrow won't let you put out a source request. Or I if did the position doesn't exist. So if they're like, I have one client where they're not even a publication yet officially. They just like want us to write articles, so... If there's no website you can, you know, attach to your source request, they're like, Harold's like, no, we're not, <laughs> not doing it. So, okay, that's interesting. I, I don't even think I knew that at all. I, I'm not a little rusty on my Hero and quoted stuff, um, but that's cool. I've used Hero to source experts for content that I've created for clients. And yep. that's how I know that. And when I came across the requirement, I panicked inside because I was like, oh, I don't know if their blog will meet that Be requirement. But they did. And I don't recall if they've increased the requirement or what. But yeah. Um, and I was going to say with Quoted, 
I've got a, an email a couple of times from a customer um, success manager, maybe, or an accountant uh, who represents Quoted. And they emailed me directly and was like, hey, I saw this query on Quoted. I thought your client so-and-so might be a good match. Here it is in case you wanted to pitch it. And I wasn't in my Quoted dashboard that day, so I really appreciated the email and was just impressed that they did that. I mean, it makes it worth paying for, in my opinion. So it's really cool to hear that they do that on the other side, too, for journalists as well. You know, Tania, I was looking at your website, and I don't want to get too sidetracked, but um, actually, I'll get it to it in a minute. I think this is a good segue, though. When you do put out a request on Twitter, what are good guidelines for responding to you? Do you prefer a DM on Twitter or do you have people, I know you've said that you've had people respond to your email directly, but I noticed that, I mean, I got your email address, but now that I'm looking, I think it's a little, I might've had to search around for it. So I'm wondering if you prefer email or if you prefer Twitter DMs for sources and other tips you might give if somebody wants to respond to you. Um, in those cases, um, if I'm doing it from Twitter, I usually try to put my email in there, in the tweet, so that they don't have to look for there it. Um, okay. Sometimes I mess up on that, but for the most part, I'm like, I have a checklist, like I need to put the deadline, the publication, what the topic is, um, and how they can contact me. And I always say you can DM or email me, but my goal with the DMs are is let's just have that initial conversation through DMs, but eventually we need to move over to email so that you can send me responses. Because for the most part, unless a client tells me like, hey, we want you to interview them at, like in a video or a phone call, I prefer email responses. So it just makes it easier to just do everything over email. Do you ever have anyone pitching you from your contact box? Because I know this is really for finding like clients and stuff or when clients want to work with you, but have you ever had like a publicist just unpromptly write you a story idea or respond to some sort of request via your website? Um, yes, it's, it's pretty rare though. Usually they'll just um, reach out to me directly through email. They won't even go through my website. Um, that actually just happened recently. Um, because as I mentioned, even though I don't accept PR pitches right now, I am trying to move towards that. So I'm really trying to work on developing relationships with PRs and seeing if, how we can move forward. Oh, cool. Yeah. They, I, I've gotten feedback from other, uh, freelance writers. It's like kind of, it seems like a mixed bag. Like some of the people we've talked to are uh, similar that they are not necessarily taking PR pitches um, depending on like the, like the industry. So I, Miranda Marquette is a writer that comes to mind. She's a personal finance writer and with her industry and the number of years that she's been writing, her style of work is assignment based and the editors have really just most of the time given her her stories whereas i know that some other um, writers like in the travel space they tend to have to pitch their own stories and then rely heavily on pr people to kind of come up with fresh ideas or or even get um access to maybe like a hotel or or a resort or an airline in order to accomplish the goal of writing interesting travel articles how does your industry work with writing like are you 
having to pitch your own story ideas or are you finding that the editors are pretty certain about what they want you to write about? Um, it's a mixture. Um, if it's a regular client, they typically will give me an assignment. And in some cases, um, they'll even tell me like, this is the expert I want you to interview. Um, oh. But um, if I'm pitching, I, I just, I'm like, hey, I have this idea. Um, I, this is why I think it would be a good fit for this publication, stuff like that. And then I'll just go out and find sources if they accept the pitch or not. Cool. So you're thinking that in the future you might leverage PR pitches? Yes. Um, the reason I hadn't is because I, I don't feel like I started getting PR pitches until a few months ago once I started getting those bigger um, bylines. But initially they were just sending me stuff from like all the niches. It's like, you know, fitness, beauty. Oh um, yeah. I think I even got a travel one. I'm just like, I'm not even a travel writer. <laughs> but <laughs> thanks for thinking of me, but this is not a fit. And um, yeah. I think, and I didn't even know what to say. So, I mean, I've gotten good. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, this is not a good fit. I appreciate it though. But lately, and I don't know what happened because I didn't tell anybody like, hey, I'm looking for PR pitches on health and wellness. I never told anybody that. But I think over time, just developing relationships with PRs that I've used when I have source requests, the the pitches I'm getting now, it's like, okay, this, this makes sense. It's something about sexual health or mental health or something like that, stuff that I actually like writing about. So I'm like, okay, I might be able to work with this if there's cool. space for it in the publication that I want to pitch it to. So we're that's hopeful. <laughs> yeah. Kind of going back to when you are looking through these emails that you receive from the hashtag journal request uh, message that you put out there, how does one stand out? Hmm, that is a good question. Um, I would say, you know, just a good greeting of saying hello, Tania. Um, I saw your, your tweet. Um, I have this expert they're available if they say they're available over email I'm like I'm, I'm emailing you now <laughs> but um just let me know like this person's available I think it'll be a good fit if they send me a link that's even better um because with a lot of medical professionals you want to make sure that their credentials match what they're saying so those basic things right there are, are enough for me to move forward I like it simple and straightforward Right. Is there a, um, like a subject line format or formula that captures your attention? When they send them over email? Yeah. Um, if they, I know a lot of PR people, will. Um, it's almost like they're already pitching like um, a title. So that, mm -hmm. that sticks out to me. Because um, sometimes just put in PR pitch and then some title that can be off and I'm like, oh, a PR pitch, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if you kind of just like sneak it in there, like a nice title, I'm like, okay, I'll click. So just catch my eye with the subject line will, can, can reel me in in the beginning. Yeah, I was just wondering, because I know you mentioned you get some like irrelevant pitches sometimes. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get like irrelevant sources? Like, do you ever get someone trying to fit a square uh, uh I don't know what's the saying like fit a square into a hole or something like that I feel like I didn't say that right but you know what I'm saying like force things like pretend that. to be pretend to be a an expert that they really have no business talking about these things yeah um I'll 
get a lot of CEOs and founders and they don't have any medical experience, but they might sell like a medical device or something like that, or they may own a medical facility. And I'm like, that's great, but I'm looking for the people who work under you or who are like the medical, yeah. you know, have medical degree certification and stuff like that. And like a lot of, I get a lot of tech pitches and, and I'm just like, I don't really do that either unless it's got a strong tie to healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, um, if you're not like, I'll say my exception aside from like just medical professionals or like people in sexual health. So like, I guess what you call like sexologists, sex therapists, because I do a lot of content in the sexual health and wellness space. So they're like the only exception. But for the most part, if I'm looking for a source, they need to have some type of medical background. That makes sense. Like credentialing. Yes. Yes. Is there a way that you verify? I've never worked for a doctor, so I'm just curious. Is there a way that you verify their credentials? Um, going through their website for sure. Um, if you Google a doctor's name, there's a few pages I can't think off the top of my head. I think health grades is one and it'll give you like a quick bio. Like they went to this school, they got this medical degree, they've worked here and there and it'll basically provide you the proof. Mm -hmm. And I had one sort, one client that I worked with and she actually gave us a link. I, I need to reach it back out to her because that was a great link but you could literally type in any doctor's name and it would tell you like they're certified or whatever credentials that they needed that were necessary and that was super helpful cool oh that's great when it comes to thinking of the stories that you're going to be writing about how do you come up with your topics that's a good question so Sometimes my stuff is like really out of the box and you're just like, why did this cross your mind? Like, (laughs) for example, for like well and good, I pitched a story about um, stigmatophilia, which is just like sexual arousal or attraction to people with tattoos. I can't tell you why that crossed my mind, but I was like, (laughs) word for this? And so I pitched it and she liked it. And um, a matter of fact, she just put out another call for pitches and she tagged that story. She's like, I'm looking for stories like this. So I was like, oh, she did really like it. But <laughs> it's it's really out of the blue, honestly. Um, sometimes I get inspiration for what's just, you know, trending. Sometimes I'll just type in health and wellness on Google and it's just like, what's the latest research study that's come out about a certain topic and go from there. When you're a storyteller at heart, it sounds like. Yeah, that, that's I never really thought of it like that, but that, that's my goal ultimately. Hey, it's an art. <laughs> Own it. <laughs> so many I see people your article. want that skill. Yeah, that's oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I did find it. Do tattoos and piercings turn you on? There's a term for that. Yeah, I didn't know this was a thing. Me neither. That's so cool. Say it again. I don't want to repeat it because <laughs> I would what? butcher it. It was a long oh, word. Oh, the right? word. Yeah. yeah. Oh, stigmatophilia. Okay, yep. stigmatophilia. I'm going to use that and sound smart. <laughs> there you go. Uh, there you go. Yeah, oh, well, I see you're, um, you interviewed an expert, a licensed sex and couples therapist. Yep. There you go. Oh, and more people, an AASECT certified sex therapist, another credentialing behind their name. Now, when cool. you work with these folks, do you kind of have a, a contact list? Or anything that you refer back to if you want to reach out to them about another story? Yeah, so that's what I got to work on. That's on my to-do list. So <laughs> I need to have like a spreadsheet. I have it um, on my Notion page where I'm like, I have it ready, but I haven't made the list out yet. 
But right now, for the most part, I just say I save everything in my in my email. So I have a folder for like article quotes. So for that folder, it's like anytime I've used a quote, I just put it there. And then for experts, um, any experts that I've used before, I save it all there so I can reach back out. So that's pretty much what I do. I just go back to my emails. Um, and I'm like, okay, I like working with this PR. I want to work with them again. So I'll just reach out if they haven't already reached out. They tend to do that a lot. So I, I rarely have to go and reach back out to a PR I've worked with before because they've already They will find you call. again. Yeah, they're like, hey, let's call this pitch. Uh, or do you, you know, you're request. Um, do you want to work with such and such again? So I'm like, that's, you know, takes the load off of me. So I don't have to reach back out because they've already done it. Yeah. We're thirsty I, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's so wonderful when you find a collaborative relationship that's mutually beneficial and everybody's happy. Um, I have a question and I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, do you have any kind of like, I don't know the right phrasing, but do you have any requirements or I guess limitations when it comes to working with the same person again mm, good question hmm that is a good question I can share well, an example if that's helpful I think I might have one so okay just being consistent so we all know what's going on with AI and how people are writing papers and stuff like that using AI so I had previously worked with a source they were oncology nurse but I work with the PR and I really like the PR by the way so this is nothing to offend him or anything like that um, but I had worked with them before for some oncology articles and it, it went well, but, um, and you know, that situation was fine, but then I needed some more sources again. So, um, they reached out and said, well, do you need help? You know, with these articles, do you need quotes? And I was like, sure. Cause I worked with you before, you know, so we have that, you know, good relationship. So we did that. And lately just to be on the safe side, I run every quote that I get through an AI content detector. I think it's copy leaks. Oh, okay. I just was, I had a hunch. I was like, I should really throw these quotes in there. And unfortunately, it went all red. It was like, this is all AI generated content. I was like, no. So, what a bummer. And I I reached out and I don't know what compelled me to do this, but I was just like, okay, this is all AI generated. I like working (laughs) with you all, but can you provide quotes that are created by a human? And he, like that's nice of you. I, yeah, I don't know why I did that. Um, but I just was like, let me just be nice about it because it's not on the PR people. I mean, you ask your experts to provide quotes, you expect them to provide quotes that are from them, you know, not from chat G from a robot. Yeah, yeah, from a robot. So when he reached back out and he felt he felt terrible and stuff like that. And he was, and we ended up having a call because I think I, I was getting tight on my deadline. I was like, is he going to provide quotes or not? And we ended up talking over the weekend. Um, and he was like, I feel so bad. We want to keep a relationship with you. Um, we're going to make sure that we start scanning for AI content moving forward. So that was just a, you know, a situation where it could have just went bad. And I could have been like, I'm not working with you all again. But I was like, I like the PR and the company. So it's just kind of move past this and do better, you know, moving forward. There's so many lessons to learn from that story. Right. Yeah. Also, so you, I didn't know that was leaks. a thing. I'm yeah. going to be using that more often. That's copy leaks. Yeah. It'll only let you do so many like pieces of content. 
because I, I know it cut me off one day because I, I it was like really <laughs> cold. I was putting it in there. <laughs> For the most part, it, it's it's really good. That's my biggest fear. I luckily trust my clients are not going to do that right now, but oh my goodness, it's so tempting for them, I'm sure. Yeah, and I, I get it um, because I don't know, the the excuse that they provided on the, the guy's um, behalf didn't make quite sense because he was like, um, he used it because of like the way he talks or something, like the, I can't, maybe it was too scientific or whatever. So he just kind of put it through AI. Like, I, that's what I need. <laughs> I can break it down if it's too complicated, but I need your word. So yeah. I didn't understand that. Yeah, I don't either. Oh, okay. yeah. Wow. Um, I, there was one other thing that I forgot. Yeah, I was using, <laughs> I was using uh, Quoted actually. And the journalist, I should dig it up, but. She asked for me to confirm that this was written by a human or something along those lines Mm -hmm. or that it was unique, perhaps, was the phrase. And that was, uh, like, just a reminder to me, like, yeah, this is important, obviously, to journalists. And it was an awkward conversation because I had to, you know, confirm that this is all commentary from my client that is unique. Mm-hmm. And then he wrote it. And then she was like, okay, just making sure because my editor will be able to identify it if it's written by robots. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And at least now I know that that's what she meant by that. But it's so funny this what, what this is creating, the kind of situations AI is creating between journalists and um, PRs. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's crazy. What a what a world we live in. How long have you been writing for then, like uh, professionally? Three years. Nice. I don't think I've come across your work before until the journal request, but I'm glad I did because you write some pretty cool stuff. Like what kind of stories are you, what are your favorite kinds of stories to tell? Uh, anything in um, sexual health and wellness, honestly. Um, I'll write about anything. Like I said, the 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 tattoo thing I've done stuff on like painful sex um I just wrote one about perineum massages so that was a fun one to do um uh, yes that's cool oh and chronic disease um because I I have lupus so I'm always open towards writing about stuff like that I actually wrote about my experience about that with insider it took like over 10 doctors for for them to come to the conclusion that I had lupus, so that's a lot. Yeah, that's that was a lot. <laughs> How long? How did many? That take? Yeah, I was about to ask. Oh man, about two years, I want to say, because I remember like I started getting the symptoms like right before I started high school, and I think they officially diagnosed me when I was maybe sophomore or junior. So, and I was. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I'm sorry you dealt with that. Me too. Um, I'm going to have to read that too. That sounds like a really interesting article. Uh, It's really, so that's your journey from kind of dealing with healthcare and then now writing about it. That's kind of fascinating too. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Because after I wrote that story, a lot of people, you know, messaged me and they're like, I had the same situation. I'm like, this is why I feel like this is my calling, you know. 
you need people out there that can really show that hey, we we do exist and we we share similar experiences. Yeah. I kind of, not to change the subject, kind of, I'm, I kind of want to go back because I remember a question that I had about, uh, you mentioned working with journalists, or sorry, you mentioned working with um, publicists and PRs multiple times, and you sometimes think of that person when you're writing a story, and it sounds like, obviously, you're going to work with somebody who's not using AI, Mm-hmm. But also, what other qualities stand out to you that you like, or gra- you gravitate towards when it comes to working with the PR? I would say responding, having a pretty quick response. So I don't expect anybody to turn around quotes within a few hours. If you can, that's great. But I've noticed that the shorter it takes, the more likely it's AI. So I've caught on to that. <laughs> but um, just being responsive. Yeah. Um, Once we have that conversation and I provide you with the questions and you're like, okay, we have a source for this, you know, just stand in the loop. Um, And then if they become unavailable, don't just ghost me. Just say, hey, I'm sorry, but um, such and such actually isn't available. Um, Hopefully we can work together in the future. So just not ghosting and being, you know, responsive. So uh, I'm going to definitely add you on LinkedIn um, when it comes to keeping in touch with PRs that you work with, are there any ways that you enjoy that might not be pitching related? Yeah, I guess so. Um, earlier today, I had a meeting with um, some PRs and we kind of just discussed how we could work together, but we didn't necessarily discuss pitches. We kind of just like, cool. you know, we have these people, what are you, you know, what do you like to write about and stuff like that. So that was my first time doing that, but I'm, I'm definitely open to doing that um, more in the future. That's cool. Tell me more about how that came to be, that meeting. Oh, yeah, sure. So um, I had forgotten because we had talked a few weeks ago um, before we had scheduled this meeting, but she had um, provided a source for one of my articles I did on I think it was how to sleep with chronic pain it was something for next avenue um and then kind of after we did that because usually i try to provide a link once it's gone live and you know to say hey thanks again for your help and she ended up following up and saying hey would you like to you know just have a quick you know coffee chat and just discuss how we can work together again in the future and it went from there oh i love that it's so simple but it's something that Sometimes we overlook as a PR person, like, hey, let's just chat about how we can work together in the future. Oh, that's a good tip. (laughs) You know, even though you've like we've been doing this for so long, there's just tiny little, you know, ways to connect that I feel like sometimes I overlook. Mm -hmm. So don't mind me just geeking out. (laughs) And I think what what was different with her is that I already worked with her. So we had some type of relationship. I don't know if any PR that I've never worked with could just be like, Hey, you want to meet up? I don't know if I'd be open to that. I feel like we've kind of got to have some type of pass together before I just jump on a call. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a very good tip. Can I ask you what buy me a coffee is? Cause I've seen other journalists have them on their um, website and I'm curious what it is. Yeah, so basically, um, it's just a way to... Kind of relevant. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. Um, To support, you know, your favorite content creator or whatever. Um, Nothing's going on for me on there, unfortunately. Not yet. But um, basically, you can just buy somebody a coffee. So it's like maybe $2, $5. 
and you know it's just a way kind of like a GoFundMe but you don't have like a cause it's not like I got in an accident or something it's just hey you like my content and you want to support me by you know giving me some money or donation or something I love that have you seen that before Britt yeah Hannah Smith has that and I really think it's smart you can even I think with that same tool you can even like do a subscription I guess where you give whoever signs up for it, like $5 a month. And I think that's really nice. Just a quick thank you. Cause I enjoy, for example, reading Hannah's newsletters. And I think that's totally fair to pay her for that entertainment and her insights. Right. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing any sort of like um, newsletter or anything like that to Nia? Cause it seems like you got quite a few clips that you could even share with people. Yeah. I'm very off and on about it. Um, because I just feel like if there's just so many people doing newsletters, so I'm just like, how can I stand I out? But I did see one journalist, and I kind of want to take her idea. Um, well, I guess she wasn't the only one, but there's, like, people who have an email list of just PRs, and then yep. when they need sources, they just they just send that out. I guess, I don't know if you consider that a newsletter, but it's just like, hey. I think so. Yeah, yeah. okay. But, yeah, it's just like, hey, I'm, looking, I'm writing this piece for such and such, and I need these experts. But I was like, maybe I should get fancy with it and do like one for my sexual health experts and do another one for like anything else, just general health. Because I feel like I, I need sexual health experts more than anybody else. So, but good to know. I need to go find some sexual health clients so we can work together. Yes. If you know anybody, <laughs> send them my way because uh, I, I love writing about that. That's really cool. And then, you know, I'm sure like certain sources you could probably rely on in the future for cool like story ideas once you get to know them better and figure out who's worthy of like, you know, coming up with those like winning ideas and kind of keep that going. That's super. I like this. Thanks for letting us see like get a glimpse into your world. It's really fascinating. Oh, no, no problem. It is. Should we move on to shout outs? I think so. Um do you have any shout outs, anybody you want to give a compliment to in the PR space that you think does a good job and is a good collaborator? Yeah, so I have one. I want to shout out to Eleanor from Dauntless PR. She's helped me a lot with um, anytime I need a sexual health expert. She's provided me with therapists and, you know, she'll always give me a quick bio on who they are. And whenever I need quotes, they turn around within a few days. So way before my deadline. So shout out to her. Well, thanks so much for your time. No, I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Like I said, it's my first podcast. So I'm trying to be more open to doing interviews because people reach out a lot. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> but th- this was really fun. Like. Yay. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Earn Media. Jacqueline and I have a bit of a favor to ask. If you find the podcast useful and have an extra minute or two to spare, we would be incredibly grateful if you could take just a moment to leave a rating. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps others discover our show. Thank you so much listeners for being a part of our PR community and we can't wait to hear what you think. Also, I'm excited to announce that I'm offering publicity and PR coaching sessions starting this fall. I've been getting a few requests for this kind of support, and I'm excited to finally make it official. If you're a startup founder, someone trying to build your personal brand, or simply just trying to level up your PR skills, I would love to help. It's something I'm really passionate about, 
And it's really fun just to connect with others in the community too. Feel free to send me a message at brit at britklontz.com or fill out the Google form in today's episode show notes. Thanks again, listeners, for your time and for sharing in this journey with us.